Welcome to the Dynasty Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, along with the worst manager in the league, Theo. Uh, in this episode, we're going to go over some player news and notes, a buy or sell segment, and week two matchup previews. Theo, you want to start us off with the player news? Yeah, absolutely. Quite a bit to uh, go over after week one. I um, wanted to start off with an interesting stats. Uh, Thursday, when the Chiefs played the Texans, that was the first time in sports history where NFL, NBA, Hockey, MLB, and tennis all took place on the same day. So I'm just I'm glad sports are back, um, especially NFL. So jumping into some of the news, uh, Marlon Mack ruptured his Achilles. Blake Jarwin tore their tore his ACL, and they're both out for the year. Michael Thomas has a high ankle sprain and is out for a few weeks. Who knows what a few weeks is? Uh, Le'Veon Bell has been placed on IR. Could return after a minimum of three weeks. Uh, Kittle won't practice at all this week. They say he could play. Phillips, Philip Lindsay has turf toe, is seeking a second opinion. Could miss a couple weeks. Godwin is currently in the concussion protocol. And some good news, Miles Sanders practiced fully today. <laughs> all right. It's a lot of injuries after one week. Yeah. There's actually a few others that did not practice uh, today or yesterday, but I never trust any of those. I just feel like veterans taking a day at yeah. all. Wednesday practices don't count. Yeah. <laughs> so our next segment is buy or sell. And what that means is we're going to kind of go over, a say, a prediction and buy that it's going to happen or sell uh, that it won't. And our first one uh, is Chris Carson will be a top 10 RB this season uh, running back. Theo, are you buying or selling that? Uh, I'm going to sell that. Um, I read or heard some interesting things about Seattle this year that they may finally be letting Russell Wilson free. Uh, I think they're calling it hashtag free Russell or something like that. It's where they might actually let him throw a lot more than just being a run heavy team. Uh, if you look at some of the stats from week one, he had six, six rush attempts, which to me is just the craziest Crazy. thing ever for their supposedly RB1. Um, I, I forget how many receptions he had. Six. Six receptions. And he got the, both of his touchdowns off of the receptions, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So I just I find it hard for him to be a top 10 running back when he's only getting six rush attempts. Now, if they are going to be more pass-heavy, obviously that bumps Russell's stock. Um, and Chris Carson, I mean – they didn't. They didn't even want to give him a contract extension this offseason. So right, I think I'm going to be selling this as well. Uh, I know if you just looked at the box score, he looked great. Uh, I think what is he like number two or number top five running back this yeah. week? Um, he had two touchdowns, but he only played 28 snaps in the whole game. Um, as Theo alluded to, 12 total touches. Carlos Hyde had more carries than he did, which is insane to me. And even more concerning is uh, Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer both had goal line carries, uh, whereas Chris Carson did not. So I, I think it, you know, the box score makes it look like he's the lead back and a bell cow, but the snaps and the carries and the usage really don't indicate that. So, and especially if they're letting Russell just throw the ball, air it out this season, I don't think he ends up as a top 10. The crazy thing is, uh, without even looking at the box score, 
I was super hyped because I didn't think Chris Carson would be a fantasy or a top 10 back this year. And then when I saw that, I was like, man, maybe he actually will be a top 10 back. So when I dug a little deeper and I saw the stats, I was like, holy crap, this yeah. is the craziest outline ever. Fool's gold. To be a top 10 currently and have six rush attempts. I mean, come on, that's crazy. <laughs> so jumping into the next one, um, buy or sell, Jared Cook will have eight receptions this week. So we, we all know that Michael Thomas is out this week and maybe for the next couple. Um, I think I'm still going to sell this, though. So he had uh, seven receptions last week, and um, I think that that Drew Brees is going to spread the ball out a little bit more. They've got Emmanuel Sanders in there, who I think had five uh, five receptions or five targets. Traquan Smith, the uh, second year or third – no, third year, third year player, who he only had one, one target – um, I think that we're going to see Drew Brees spread it out all over the place. I don't think he's going to laser in on, on somebody like Jared Cook. Uh, I think he'll have close. I think it'll probably be six or seven, but I don't think he's going to hit. I don't think he's going to get to eight. When we were going over some of the stats, um, eight was the reception target that came to my mind for Jared Cook. So when you said that that's where we were going to put it, I'm going to buy that he'll get eight receptions. And it wouldn't shock me if he gets 10 receptions this week. Um, and here's why. Obviously, Michael Thomas isn't going to be there. So that means Emmanuel Sanders now has to deal with the number one corner. Uh, Traquan Smith, I don't think we've really seen him do too much yet. And Jared Cook has been a reliable option in the past two years for Drew Brees. Um, so I think that J- uh, Drew Brees will actually look to Jared Cook more often than not because he's his safety cushion. Now, we do know that Kamara's there. Kamara is going to be their number one option this week. Well, they're also going to be able to run, I think, a lot better. They're playing uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders, whose defensive line is not nearly the same caliber as Tampa Bay's, I don't think. I think so maybe it's, they won't even throw that much. Yeah, maybe not. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to buy it. I, I am predicting he'll get 10, 10 receptions this week. So if you have Jared Cook, I'm starting him everywhere I have him, and I think you should too. Talking to you, Sean. <laughs> All right, the next one is near and dear to Theo's heart. And this is a season-long prediction. Uh, Corey Davis will be a top 30 wide receiver this season. You buying or selling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Uh, I am biased. However, I was one of the few fans that probably stayed up past 1 o'clock on Monday watching this horrific game because of Guskowski. Uh, but some of the catches Corey Davis was making were just blowing my mind. He had one sideline catch, if you haven't seen it. It actually was called incomplete, and upon further review, they actually reversed it. It was a toe tap on the sideline. Um, he had seven. He had eight targets, caught seven of them. I didn't get to actually see the one that he missed. I don't know if it was non-catchable, contested, or whatnot. But if AJ Brown is getting the true number one corner this year, that frees Corey Davis up against the number two. And I think Corey Davis had a poor start to his year. He had a, a hurt in a hamstring. He had some soft tissue issues year two and three. Um, but also his first three years, he was playing with Mariota. And then even part of the fourth year, he um, actually, this is his fourth year. So going into year three, he had a mixture of Mariota and Tannehill. Um, and I don't know, Tannehill just seemed to lean more towards A.J. Brown. Um, but So I'm going to buy that Corey Davis will be a top 30 wide receiver this season, mainly because Brown's going to demand the number one corner, and Corey Davis will be against the number two. Uh, I think I'm going to sell it. Um, I could see that he could definitely be better and probably 
a spot start in some weeks, you know, flexible. Um, the thing that, that gets to me and makes me want to sell is, I think I have this stat line right, Tannehill threw it 46 times against the Broncos. Um, I think that's what I had read. It, he was def- it was definitely in the 40s. It was 43, 46, somewhere in that range. I wondered if they were going to try and change their style this year and not be... I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think they were only doing that because they were forced to because Guskowski missed 10 points total. Uh, I, I can't think, believe they didn't cut him. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked too, but I think if they, I think the game style that they want to play is a great defense, obviously, like they went after Jamie and Clowney, and then run the rock with Derrick Henry. And so I think 46 pass attempts is an outlier for um, Tannehill. And I think for Corey Davis to be a top 30 receiver this season, it's going to take volume. I don't think he is the same kind of guy that uh, um, A.J. Brown is where, you know, he can take a slant to the house. He's not that big physical, just get out of my way. I'm scoring kind of guy. Right. And uh, I don't think the targets will be there to get it. It's close for me. It's not, I don't think that's outlandish, but I'm going to sell that he's top 30. All right. Buy or sell. Gardner Minshew. Has 220 passing yards versus the Titans this week. I'm buying it. Uh, Gardner Minshew, as we all know, is what Baker Mayfield hopes to be. Uh, And uh, just kidding on that, but maybe not. And he only had 173 against the Colts, but I think that that the Titans are a vastly superior team to the Colts. I know you'll agree with that one, Theo. Absolutely. And I think that that the Jags are going to be playing from behind, and he's going to have to throw it. I think he's going to air it out. I think he's going to just be slinging it because he's playing for his job. Um, there's no such thing as a conservative game plan for him, and uh, I think he'll. I think he'll get to to 220. It might be a rough game. I don't know that they're going to win or that he's even going to be a great option this week. But I think he gets 220 yards. What so, about you? Uh, my initial thought was no, absolutely not. He's playing an elite defense. But then I stopped and truly analyzed this and. Our tight, the Titans' cornerbacks are terrible. That's our, our weakest link in the defense. And obviously, they're not really going to be able to run the ball because of our defensive line. Um, and I do think with Henry and stuff that they get a cushion, and so Minshew is going to be throwing from behind. Um, and when you're throwing against terrible cornerbacks, um, you know, you're going to score. So I, I do think that he will actually get over 220 passing yards. It's crazy that he only had 173, 176 yeah. last game and three touchdowns. I think he only missed yeah, one throw. One incompletion. One incompletion. 19 for 20. Um, and I I sold Minshew at the beginning of the year, and I thought I was so ecstatic, especially when they started selling pieces. But what I didn't stop and think about was that Minshew knows he's playing for his job. He knows that if he doesn't do well, they're going to have a top yeah. pick, and they're going to draft a quarterback. Right. So why wouldn't Minshew want to go out here and try and win? To prevent the Jaguars he can. from having a top five pick, he can. If he plays well enough to get them out of the out of the top five or or even ten, they can't pick Trevor Lawrence or you know Justin Fields. Right. So I I do buy it, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me if Gardner Minshew is a a really good fantasy quarterback this year because he knows that if if his team doesn't do well, they have a top pick and they're going to draft a quarterback if they're in the top three. If they're out of the top three, I I think they'll go a different route and keep Minshew, but. We'll see what happens. So I am buying that. All right. So we're both buying 220 passing yards versus the Titans. 
Our last buy or sell is uh, Carson Wentz gets sacked five times versus the Rams. This to me is an easy buy. <laughs> uh, Aaron Donald is on the Rams still, and he is. So I was reading a stat. I don't remember the other gentleman's name, but they were comparing him to some other D lineman, and they were saying that between that gentleman and Aaron Donald, it's easily they're one, two, the best defensive linemen that have ever played the game. Um, I mean, I know that that's up for debate, but Aaron Donald is a beast. He's a monster. And I don't know if they're going to get all of their weapons back or their offensive line back and even some of their weapons back. Um, so, I mean, they couldn't guard against Washington's defensive line. They couldn't stop um, Chase Young. Hmm. How are they going to stop Aaron Donald? So it, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets sacked eight times again this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying this one too. Uh, I watched a clip today that was every sack – of Carson Wentz by Washington. And uh, first of all, the offensive line looked terrible, terrible. They were in the backfield almost immediately. Um, the other thing too, though, is Carson Wentz was not doing them any favors. He was holding onto the ball too long. I saw like multiple times where he saw the guy coming and instead of throwing it away, he tried to like duck under a defensive lineman and it just didn't work over and over again. Um, I think that Aaron Donald is going to have his way with the uh, Eagles offensive line. And I think five sacks is, is going to be no problem. Yeah. You should start the Rams defense. If, if you're playing in a redraft league this, this week. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and move into the matchup previews. Um, the first game on slate mm-hmm. is myself versus Clint. Um, we both are and one. Um, so one of us will be 0-2 after this week, which, uh, I mean, not to say that our season's out because six teams make the playoffs, um, but what do you think about this matchup? And if one of us loses this, should we consider selling some of our older players? Well, um, I guess it depends on who loses. You don't really have any older players. That's true. <laughs> um, I'm, I think that this matchup is going to be close. It's projected to be close right now. Uh, I know that Clint went into week one already banged up with Miles Sanders on IR, and and he should be back in action uh, this week. But he also is going to go up against Aaron Donald. Right. Yeah, that's not going to be great for for Miles. Um, I think that I'm going to say that Clint is going to win. I think that his quarterbacks are probably going to do a little bit better. I think that Josh Allen, as much as I hate to say it, is going to run all over us in Miami. Um, and I think that some of these matchups for him will be good. I think Michael Gallup and DJ Chark are going to be great starts. I think Hayden Hurst will, will bounce back. Uh, and I think that some of the vet running backs that he has will end up doing better than the rookies that you have. Um, if plus here's, here's big ifs. If Godwin for some reason isn't able to go because he's in concussion protocol. And if Kenny Galladay is out again, I yeah, think it's huge. I think it's huge and it tilts the matchup in his favor substantially. What do you think? Well, obviously I'm going to pick myself. I lean towards Clint because of uh, my running backs. Um, but I think JK Dobbins uh, is going to be the RB one there sooner than later, surprisingly. Um, and uh, if Godwin can't play in Galladay, that obviously puts a huge damper on my team. Um, if they're able to play, um, I, I think that I my team might surprise this week. Um, I have the current tight end one on my squads, and he looked amazing, Mark Andrews, last week. He looks like he's um, Jackson's favorite target. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's going to be a close one. I mean, as you already said, the 
current projections, 130 to 128. And if he does slide Sanders in his lineup, his projections are going to be higher. Um, but I don't like Carson. Uh, I think Zach Moss did some pretty good work there. So who knows what Devin Singletary is going to do. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go ahead and pick myself in this, this week's matchup. All right. Our next matchup is Sean versus Tim. Uh, why don't you start us off on that one, Theo? <laughs> Every time I analyze Tim's team, I stop and think to myself, how in the world did he get this squad? His team is so ridiculously stacked. He scored the highest points last week. I don't don't recall by how much off the top of my head. With Saquon Barkley doing nothing, having nine rush attempts and like five yards or six yards. Something, 15 for six. 15 for six. I knew it was something ridiculous. Um, and he also didn't start the right tight ends. I don't think Higgins mm-hmm. really did anything that week. Um and I don't recall – I don't think Drake really had a great week. I think he had one touchdown, which okay. helped salvage the week. Um, so I, I look for Tim's team to score about 180 points again this week. Uh, and Sean's squad, I don't see them being able to match what Tim's squad is able to do. I mean, right now he has Fournette in his starting lineup. I know that that should change. He should probably start David Montgomery. Um, George Kittle, if he doesn't play, I think he still has a viable tight end option cook. I would almost slide Cook in my starting lineup. Um, You'd flex him. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to obviously give the edge to Tim here. (laughs) I just, I think Tim's team is, as I've dubbed it, the most ridiculous fantasy squad in dynasty ever. I have to agree. I think Tim's team is a juggernaut that every week, if we do a lineup or a matchup preview, we're going to give the, the uh, go ahead to Tim's team. Um, I would like to stacked. Yeah. I would like to add that I, it would not surprise me if, barring any injuries if tim went undefeated into the playoffs yeah i hate that as sickening as that i is hate to it. say listen if he wins three years in a row do we just dissolve the league yes like you know i think it's i almost we'll, think we should we'll start over <laughs> um and listen this is on you guys too and me i guess inadvertently stop sending him such great trades it's unbelievable this squad that he's put together uh all right so sleeper has uh Sean projected at a 11% chance to win right now. And that sounds about right to me. Um, you should be praying for a miracle, buddy, because that's what it'll take at this point. Uh, you have a, like, I think Sean has a pretty decent team too, but um, it's hard to go up against the juggernaut that is Tim's team with basically five first round startup picks. Yeah. It's insane, and I do look for Saquon to have a huge bounce-back game. He's yeah. probably going to come out pissed. Only I, I didn't realize he had 15 rush attempts for like six or seven, oh, nine yards or whatever. It's terrible, but it doesn't even really matter. He could probably sit Saquon and, and still win. Yeah, so we both picked him. Going into uh, the last matchup, this one is the juiciest, I think, this week. That's why we saved it for last. We have Fox versus Fox. I owe Devin an apology. I ranked his team way lower <laughs> in the offseason than he his team currently looks. I actually had him at six. No, I had him at seven. I think our consensus was six. Devin, I'm sorry. If I were to redo my rankings based on injuries and trades and things of that nature, um, I would actually slide Devin's team all the way up to three, um, which may shock some people, but uh, I, I did not expect Mostert to look as good. I thought maybe it was just – I think I'd uh, put him second. You would? Yeah. 
That yeah, his team is definitely up there. Um, like I was saying, Mostert shocked me. I did not expect what he did in the postseason to translate into the regular season, mm-hmm. but he still looked like he's fast. He's got a, still got that step, even though he's like a twenty-eight-year-old running back on his what third or fourth team. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, having said that, this this is a, an interesting matchup. It's going to be close. Not having Michael Thomas is going to hurt Patrick. He's got some good receivers still. Uh, their running backs, in my opinion, are very comparable um, until you get down to Mixon, who I I expect Mixon to have a, a pretty big game this week, too. He didn't do that great, but I also think that that was some of the offensive play calling. They didn't really do some screen passes, and he he's a three-down mm-hmm. back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. Um, so, I, in my opinion, I think Devin is going to win this one. Uh, it, it should be close, but Devin, I'm sorry, man. Forgive me for, for ranking your team so low. <laughs> I'm going to pick Devin in this one as well. Uh, A lot of it is because of the injuries that Patrick has. Um, Again, missing Michael Thomas and also Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think it's going to hurt him in a big way. The I'm still not sold on Mostert, by the way. Most of his points came from one like 70 yard uh, catch that he took to the house, uh, which is great, obviously, but I don't think that's going to be replicable every, every week. We'll see. However, they play the Jets this week. so I Well, think, he can probably get it done. Yeah, this week I think Mostert gets it done. Um, I generally prefer uh, Devin's team by a little bit at most positions. Um, I mean, Almost everywhere, really. Yeah, Derek Henry has an easy matchup. A lot of his players have easy matchups this week. Right. And, uh, and some of, of Patrick's really do not. Like Josh Jacobs versus New Orleans, I think that's going to be tough sledding. Um, I don't think they're going to get the traction – that they did, you know, versus an easy matchup against Carolina last week. Um, Mike Evans, if he plays, should be solid. Uh, I looked to the Bucks to feed Mike Evans after yeah. his pour out last week. And the Benny Snell, I'm not even sure if he's gonna gonna be the starter because they're already thinking that Connor could be back this right. coming week. We'll see. Um, and Ronald Jones, I'm never excited starting. I mean, they fed him the ball. I think he had 17 rush attempts, which surprised me. Yeah. That is surprising. I didn't buy the Bruce Arians. He's our guy. I thought it was just smokescreen and Fournette was going to come out. And but I still don't really buy it. Um, I own him in like a one redraft league, and I'm not quite comfortable starting him yet. But um, it doesn't really look like Patrick has much of a choice because the bench is looking a little bare. Yeah, Snell there. and Jones could be what holds Patrick's team back against Devin this could week. Be. Also, John o. Smith. That guy is is elite. Questionable at best. It's, he's elite, Patrick. You keep starting him. All right, so we're both picking Devin in this matchup. Yep. All right, that concludes uh, this episode. We're going to have an episode during the season every week. They'll be coming out on Wednesday nights or Thursday mornings of of every week. Um, If you guys have some things you'd like us to discuss or uh, questions you want answered, if you want matchup advice on who to start to beat your opponent, we won't give you that. Uh, But everything else, we will. Thanks for tuning in. See you.